0: Bill Wilson, sir, welcome to the Wolfpack podcast. And you know, I I have to call you sir, because not only are you an officer and a gentleman, but quite frankly, you are my senior.
1: Only by lineal numbers, but... Yeah, that's... No, in in
0: most things, uh, all things. Not at all. Okay, skill, wisdom, looks, you are my senior. And uh, man, it's good to have you here. So a little bit about Bill, um, you are a former 28 years in the U.S. Navy as a SEAL officer. You retired as a captain. You were a platoon commander for SEAL Team 1 and 2. Uh, you were a BUDS officer, Naval Special Warfare, DevGrew, okay, development group. That's the elite of the elite. We have a, a guy, Eddie Penny, that used to be part of that unit, the unit, and commanding officer of SEAL Team 1. Did I, get, did I get everything in it's the military?
1: Mostly, mostly right. I wasn't at SEAL Team 2, it was oh, SEAL Team 3. but SEAL Team 3, that's right. But SEAL Team 1 is the oldest by about 20 minutes over SEAL Team 2, something that still annoys oh, those guys on the does East it, Coast. All right,
0: all right. Yeah, that's right. One in the odds yeah. are on the West Coast, right? Yeah, they, and they the evens are on the East Coast. They
1: marry, uh, mer- mirror yeah. fleet, the well, fleet numbering system.
0: Well, I must have missed that. I apologize. But anyway, so... As I was thinking about this, I'm like, "Wow, that is some resume." Because I just went and saw Top Gun: Maverick, and you know, when you are the best of the best, they call you back to train the rest.
1: Something like that. And
0: (laughs) that is your resume, right? That is your you were uh, you were a SEAL. You were a SEAL platoon commander. You were commanding officer uh, at SEAL Team One. They called you back as a Buds officer. And so you're like Maverick. Do you have a fancy name like Maverick or Iceman or what do they call you?
1: Yeah. My call sign was Billy Bob. Billy because, Bob. I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm the opposite of Billy Bob. That one lasted for the longest. Yeah.
0: All right. Billy, Billy Bob. Bob. I will not ever call you Billy Bob. No, I think, please do. Yeah, I love it. It's a you, great. You could you could snap my neck like no, a matchstick. No. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. You can tell he's a West Pointer. So, so I got to tell you, Bill. So with that, I just want to first do something I've been meaning to do here for a little while. So one of our, our good friends, one of our ambassadors is Eddie Penny. Uh, he was with DevGrew and a lot of the SEAL team, former Marine, best of the best type guy. He wrote this book just recently came out. We've had Eddie out here, and it's called Unafraid. It's on the bestseller list on Amazon, a couple of lists, Staring Down Terror as a Navy SEAL and a Single Dad, Eddie Penny with uh, Keith Wood. And they wrote this book. And I wanted to give this to you. Thank you. Yeah. And Thanks inside... Inside, there's something from Eddie for you.
1: All right. Thank you, Eddie. Wherever you are, I'll do my very best right to live up to, to, I'll keep that private.
0: Well, you guys have a lot in common. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So let's see. I always thought of you as just a cool guy that invited me out to lunch one day, but I've, you know, when I, when we went, I've noticed that what you do is you always take a very strategic uh, position when we're out for lunch. And now that I've studied your resume a little bit more, what do you think? What are you doing
1: there? Uh, Well, for the audience, it's actually, you were always late and I (laughs) wanted to sit at the door where I could see you so I wouldn't miss you. I don't think I was late
0: every time. I remember one in particular where, all right, go ahead.
1: No, no. I, I mean, that's a joke. I, yeah. Of course, I love watching people, and, I, and you do too. And who, who doesn't like watching people when you're out? So, so I you love, weren't
0: planning escape routes or anything where people are going to no, crash through windows? No, but it'd no. be
1: nice to be able to figure out where the front door is. All if right. You've got to leave.
0: All right. All right. Well, I always let you have your pick. But after this esteemed military career, you, you went then into what I think is a complete cover software development for a brief stint. And it reminded me of Ben Affleck in The Accountant. And you know, I had this little shop, the accountant, and he was really out taking care of business, you know, with high precision uh, rifles and whatnot. So, is that was that just a cover, or I mean, how do you go from a Navy SEAL to software, you know, computer geek? And I say that with zero love, computer geek.
1: Well, I uh, I had the pleasure of meeting a wonderful guy uh, when I was on active duty, who who basically said. Uh, why don't you come teach, uh, teach students how to uh-huh. use our software? And I said, sir, I know nothing about it. He goes, yeah, but you know a lot about training people. Uh, we can do the rest. And that was Dave Duffield at Workday. And he, you know, the guy has been an extraordinary mentor to me. And so worked for him for two years. And then his son and I left the company and we, okay. <clears throat> we formed Alchemy, which is a software services company. We don't okay. actually build software. We okay. implement it. All right, good. So there was something real. Yeah, well, yeah okay. absolutely. All yep. right. Well, Ben Affleck was an
0: outstanding accountant as well. Okay, but he also loved to uh, kill things. That's a great show. It's one of the very few that I have watched twice and not fallen as- asleep either time. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. So now you're you're doing something entirely different. You're working uh, for the same company that I work for. We're sister companies, so we have we have a lot of, uh, uh, of that in common. And we're going to do some cool things together. We'll talk about that in a bit. Right. But it's called Prairie
1: Fire. What, what is that company all about? So Prairie Fire is a brand new company, uh, been in existence a, a little uh, less than a year, and it's it's fundamentally a shooting experience company. Everything from the target that we're going to show you later today to providing experiences for people that have never shot to very experienced uh, shooters, and also it's a competition. Mm. Uh, we are a competition company, so our three pillars really are Uh, are and they're all under clustered under experiences, but it's uh, it's instruction, you know, the world's finest shooting instruction number one number two providing experiences for people and number three providing a completely new way to compete uh, with weapons very very uh, different and and uh, just a fascinating opportunity to to do something that in a uh, in a community and a family that I love I've been shooting Mm -hmm. since I was a little kid and I love the competitive aspects of shooting. Uh, but as I was telling Becky off screen here, uh, the the fun, the most fun thing I can do on the planet is to teach a brand new shooter how to shoot. It is, it is almost narcotic taking someone and they can get take their synapses and they can they can learn to control it all and put a projectile in a in an object, generally a piece of paper, some distance away and repeat it. Over and over and over again. It's 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 just fabulous fun.
0: Well, we need to do that as, as some team building yeah. or something. No, we
1: well, I'll be happy yeah. to do it. We will be happy to do it. at Prairie fire. Uh,
0: we, we can't wait. We can't wait. Uh, so yeah, I mean, well, who is your who's your who's your target? I mean, who's your customer?
1: So our customer are the 120 million people that in America that own guns. Some number of additional people around the world who are interested in shooting sports, improving competition uh and it's folks that uh, that really cherish agency i'm responsible mm-hmm. for myself i'm responsible for my own growth i'm responsible for my family uh and you know with a sense of humor yeah. uh, we want people with a sense of humor uh, who like to compete like to compete against themselves or like to compete with others and grow and just enjoy this incredible right uh, that we have in this country to own uh own weapons but I want to modify that slightly. As a, mm-hmm. the it's really the twins. It's the right and the responsibility of ownership. So if you right. own a gun, sure, you've got a right to do it, but you also have an inherent responsibility to use it safely, competently, uh, and if possible, to bring other people into the sport.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. So it is for it is for people like us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I
0: had in my mind with especially got some of the competition elements and the qualification aspect of of your what your company provides, that it was oriented more towards, you know, professionals, SWAT, law enforcement, uh, you know, from right. you know, in the army, and I'm sure you know in the SEALs as well, because Eddie talks about this, we know this we have different levels of proficiency. Marksman, sharpshooter, expert. And I was thinking it was sort of a scoring system like that, that would be a quick way for an objective third party to provide qualification of an agency's, a department's personnel and assess whether or not you know they they necessarily want them or need them or you know i'm not i'm not sure where that will all go
1: yeah well that's that was a serendipitous discovery so the target that uh, we're going to show the uh, audience a little bit later is called a rank target it's it's an r a n k and it was designed initially just to get people into shooting, and it's a it's a great target that intuitively you can understand how uh, effective you are. Well, oh, it is. Up. I have to the one out for you. Yeah, thanks. I'll hold it up. So it's yeah. it's Prairie Fire Rank. It's patent pending on this. It's a very simple target. Uh, you can uh, scan the Q code uh, down at the bottom. You can get all the uh, the rules and regulations. But the bottom line is, you shoot this target at five yards, mm-hmm. ten yards. 15 or if you're a pro you shoot it at 25 yards and it allows you immediately to get a mathematical uh, Score and a feedback that uh, that our app that we're building you can scan the target with the uh, with your phone It'll download and automatically score it, but what we discovered when we took it uh, to a, a consortium of law enforcement field training officers is that they said, holy cow, this is, a, uh, this is a critical skills assessment test. So you yeah. can bring your officer in, uh, and the, and the target is uh, it's 10 rounds. So for 10 rounds in 10 rounds, you can figure out how good of a shooter you are. And for a field training officer, where your officer is standing. So five rounds in 60 seconds, it's essentially very, you know, measured fire mm-hmm. and then five rounds in 10 seconds. Uh, to put a little more pressure and you can tell if a person is a five yard officer, a ten yard officer, a fifteen or a twenty five. We're gonna be using this sign you know, me up for five. It's well, I'll sign you up for five, but you're gonna get to twenty five. Right. Okay. We won't rest. So we discovered it and the police uh, field training officer said, Oh my gosh, we gotta have this. But the bottom line in all this, it's designed to be F U N, period. Okay. If it's not fun, yeah, it ain't worth doing. Right on. So well it seems to be a central
0: theme of, of your of your Philosophy. So there's you talked about three elements: instruction, experiences, and compete. The instruction aspect. I know for we have an upcoming event called Celebrating Heroes. We'll we'll talk about that where we're both participating. And I know the first thing on the agenda at Celebrating Heroes, as part of this three day experience, is the Q Academy. The Q Academy. Yeah, the Q Academy
1: and the rollout of our Prairie Fire Method. And the Q Academy is uh, is our. Is our initial uh, look at how we train people from uh, a brand new shooter to someone who's a world champion? So step level, uh, step level work. Uh, you <laughs> you master skills and then you move to another one. And so, very much like the military or sports, you take individual skills, you do them well, and then you start grouping them together. I, I love Greg Glassman's uh, who founded CrossFit. He came and visited us at the Naval Special Warfare Center when I worked there. And he said, uh, the curse of the beginner is the rush to virtuosity. And I love that. I yeah. absolutely yeah, love that, that because true. it mastery of the basics is such an important part of our lives. We see it with our children. We see it with our teammates. We see it with people who want to rush to do something really well. You have to put in the hard work to do it. So that's what the Q Academy is very much a step level on. So... Just picture this. On the left side is a catalog of courses, pistol, rifle, carbine, long gun, shotgun. uh, And on the right-hand side are competitions that directly correlate uh, to those levels. And what we'll do is we'll get a person to a level of skill on the left-hand side at the Q Academy, one of the courses, and they will be ready for a competition. They'll be overqualified for that competition to give a safety margin. And so that's really the Prairie Fire method. It's connecting learning and competition because when you put something together in a competition, it's so much fun. And that's really where you get the real growth and development. So that's what we're trying to do. We're going to do it, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it.
0: Well, I think you're going to crack the code because one thing that we love to do as Americans
1: Is compete. Is compete.
0: (laughs) And and compete for money. Yeah. Beyond bragging rights. I mean, this is not some, you
1: get a ribbon. Yeah, there's cash. There's real cash here. So in the end of uh, October, 27, 28, 29, 27th is the Q Academy for uh, some wonderful people uh, at one of our sister companies, Staccato, uh, some of their members, we're going to run the first inaugural Q course. Uh, Pistol will take about 120 folks. We will put them in probably four different cohorts from new shooters all the way to advanced. And we've got a great range we're building out in Texas. That'll be a training day. The next day is the 2022 uh, prairie fire rank championship 300 shooters from around the country will compete for a cash prize purse of hundred thousand dollars so the winner wow. is going to get 50 grand okay. we have mixed it up so that it's we're gonna have a lot of pro shooters but we've mixed it up to to put some interesting twists in there that they're they don't typically see in uh, competitive shooting uh, and it's also Uh, It's four stages, and it's really sort of the progression through American history, Mm. Uh, the four stages of the types of shooting. You know, Prairie Fire Bullseye, which used to be very popular at the turn of the century. Prairie Fire Defender, where you're defending your castle. Uh, It's a strong hand, weak hand. Long range bullseye shooting, and then we get that? into head to head competition. You and I are up in the line, and there's nothing more fun than talking trash and yeah. <laughs> a group of people <laughs> playing pool. Putting, yeah, playing. That's exactly right. And putting your money where your mouth is. And we've got some steel to shoot, but we're going to do it in front right. of folks. And then we're going to go on to stage uh, four, which is Prairie Fire Gauntlet, where now we've got we've got the opportunity to make some errors. Okay. Uh, we can do a hail mary. I will keep that one secret, but it's just think of something the size of maybe that little red circle there at a long range that if I miss, I can probably catch up to the guy who's kicking my whew. really. So wow. anyway, okay. that's what we're going to anyway, four stages, well, a lot of fun. And then the, the line, final thing on Saturday, we're going to honor our, our law enforcement officers mm-hmm. and they're going to have a, uh, a wonderful hundred thousand dollar competition as well. Oh, that's cool. Uh, 50 teams. Yeah.
0: How how is the up coming for the law enforcement piece?
1: Uh, I think we're three quarters of the way there. Wow. Staccato, uh, uh, Buck Pearson, who works for Staccato, their mm-hmm. national sales manager, is putting that together. Okay. Uh, that is going to blow up next year. It's going to be a million-dollar law enforcement prize, 2023, uh, at our facility, one of our two facilities, uh, and also a million-dollar prize on the civilian side as well. Wow. Well, it totally
0: changes my perspective around my interest, to tell you the truth, because you know I wrestled. Right. And one of the things that you learn as a wrestler is, if you are a hundred and twenty-two pounder, which I was as a as a freshman, I am not going to go up against the the, the one eighty-five guy. And so, you know, it's like for like, right? Same right. weight, same mm, skill, maybe, but at least weight. So, in this case, you are creating these cohorts based on skill level. So, I've actually got a right. shot, right? I've got a shot to 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 win something. I am not going to go up and and see an Olympic gold medalist or a pro shooter like you, because why would I waste my time? Because it's fun.
1: Wouldn't you like to play basketball like, with I, Michael I, Jordan?
0: You know, I, I, am, I would. I am in the wealth creation part of <laughs> my life. So if, if I have a shot to win, uh, yes, it would be fun. Yeah. especially No,
1: it's fun. Yes. Yeah, someone like that is going to win the overall purse, but it is going to be fun, meaningful, and impactful for someone of our, our skill level, because we get to shoot yeah. in a world championship with the best shooters in the world. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you got to have to make money elsewhere, buddy. If it's, if you're making, <laughs> trying to make, make up your, your monthly payroll in, in a shooting competition, we got other problems. So All we'll right. talk after well, this. I'm, I'm not. So, okay.
0: I'm not banking. It's not part of my retirement uh, nest egg plan. All right. So, well, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm excited for the competition and uh, I'm excited for for Prairie Fire. So this is kind of a coming out party as well.
1: It is. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very excited. We're putting our team together and, you know, just an incredible team. If you hit our website, uh, www.prairiefire.com, you can see on the About Us, you can see the team that we're putting together. We're not just military folks. We are Olympic nationally ranked shooters. We're law enforcement. It is truly... Uh, a, a joint, uh, really a joint team that brings the very best of the shooting disciplines. I, I've calculated up the time that we all have together. It's probably about 500 years of experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing I this. I told you guys where, you were my senior. I'm not, yes, I'm not 500 you, years senior. Do
0: you, do you make up a quarter of that? I mean, no, I'm just I do. joking. I make, I'm not. the
1: oldest guy around. It's funny being the oldest guy in the room now. I, I like it. I've seen some young pictures of, of Bill Wilson <laughs> yeah. on the internet.
0: he <laughs> really pretty slick in here. What a Navy A's? I don't know what you call them.
1: Yeah, that was years ago. Yeah,
0: no, you look good. You look good. Good. So how does your, your SEAL training, your, your commanding, you know, BUDS, commanding um, these units, how does that come to, into play here? And, and with the other folks on your team, because it, like, it's not just all SEAL people.
1: No, 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 heavens no. Uh, one of the greatest things about the SEAL teams is this, this concept of egalitarianism. That's what I absolutely loved about it. We have, you know, of the five core traits that we have, one of them is, is simply called team ability. And it's it, there's no word for it in German, French, English, Arabic, Angul, uh, Thai, so we made it up. And it's the ability to shift between being a leader and a follower. I love that concept because essentially if you and I are in a team and you're in charge, hey, I'm, what do you need, boss? And then the same is expected and, and absolutely given unstintingly. And that is really part of uh, who we are as a uh, as a company and as a team is this concept of team ability. I may be the CEO, but absolutely everybody can throw down the card and go, Hey, that is not what we should be doing. And here's why. And so I, I, that is the biggest thing that I will say that I take, uh, take in my daily life is this concept of humility and egalitarianism and that everybody in the voice, truly everybody in the room truly has a voice. And this, the, what Dave Duffield taught me, uh, you know, becoming a civilian is make sure you, you really nourish the listening gene. And that was his, his cut on life as he said, you know, you'll, you'll be measured in success on your ability to listen. And he goes, you'll be surprised how effective it is with people that have the listening gene and how rare it is.
0: Right. Yeah, no doubt. Bill, you know, I've known you probably about a year now. And in all seriousness, we, we went out to lunch a few times. And yep. it, it was very, I was very quick to uh, determine that you were somebody that I wanted to be around because I could learn from you. I could learn a lot from you. And you were with Alchemy at the time, different company. And we continued to build that that relationship. And then here you are.
1: Here we are, peers, I know. Not not, not peers, but- (laughs) We are, come on,
0: man. uh, Well, I I, I worship guys like you. Well, you shouldn't,
1: we're peers. Anyway,
0: so what I wanted to, I guess, ask you is, you've been a servant leader, you know, your entire life. And now that you're out of the military, is this just another chapter being a servant leader?
1: Okay, let me say, I'm in front of an audience, so I'm going to choose my words very carefully. I think the one, you know, people have a misconception about the military that we bark, run around barking orders and that we, people have to do what we say because we have a uniform and stripes. That may work well in Hollywood. It does not work well in combat. It does not work well in small units where, you know, the stakes are really, really high. And I think that the whole concept uh, that that is wonderful about the military is this concept of servant leadership. You are expected to work harder. Uh, I, I was mentoring Afghans in one of my last deployments in Afghanistan, mentoring Afghan officers, and they joked that, uh, wow, in the American military, the officers work harder the more senior they get. And he goes, and that's not the case here. And he goes, we have a lot to learn from you. And I think that's so important that – you know, you think about the people that we're privileged to work with and lead, they expect us to work harder than them. They they want they want to know that we care about them. They want to know we care about the business, that we wake up in the morning making sure that the company that we're leading, the product that they're building or the service they're providing, uh, we are all committed to it. So I don't know that it's that different in the civilian world. I th- I, civilian and military, I just think the military, it's stressed. It's one of those things you, you know, as an officer – you, you might have, you know, as a company officer or a platoon commander, you have X number of people. You'll know that person's name. You'll know his spouse's, his or her spouse's name. You'll know that their children's name. And you'll know the, pro, you know the proximate activities that they do. You're expected to do that. And you memorize it, and then two years later, you go away, and you do it with a whole new group of people. That's right.
0: It is the way. Yeah. You know, it, I think it is extraordinary, To have military, former military officers uh, leading companies in corporate America. And I don't think you've got that same uh, learn it on the front lines, you know, because in the military, you're given your team. And oftentimes in, you know, in corporate America, we're given our teams too, but you're given your team, they sign up. I mean, we've got recruiting officers out there recruiting stations, just trying to get guys and throw the net and get them to sign on the line yeah. and own their soul for three years yeah. and get them to re up. Right. So you're, you're given that team. And I talk a lot about it being there is legitimate authority and then there's, there's earned authority and authority, meaning, um, you know, everything it entails in terms of accountability, yeah. uh, respect, uh, um, you know, clarity, and and all of that it, it comes along so it's it's easy to say you're the second lieutenant you know when i graduated west point you're the second lieutenant here's your platoon and good luck yeah right because your platoon you've got 35 folks in there most of them probably 5 to 25 years of service and here they are saluting you and and you're in charge in charge, and it's a little joke in the in the army. I'm sure it's the same yeah. in the navy. That you know the the non commissioned officers run the army. They are the backbone of the army.
1: They're the big ball bearing the whole thing pivots on.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it is uh, it's a it's a little bit of a pretend that you're in charge. But yes, you are. You have the authority. But then you start earning that respect yeah. and earning the the uh, you know the the right to lead. You've been thrust in front of the parade. Now you need to
1: yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting. There are key inflection points in a, in a person's career development, you know, experience. And mine, the one I look back, uh, and I was involved heavily in the selection of students when I was the committing officer of the center, is that you can see a person's development at 5, 10, 15, and 20, whether they're enlisted or officer. And you think about it, the five-year point, you're a, you're a captain, you're a senior lieutenant and you, you're starting to really sort of get it. And you figured out who to listen to, who not to. You don't make the same mistakes twice anymore. But it isn't really till about the 10 year mark when you're a field grade officer, an 04, major, lieutenant commander, that the chiefs and the sergeants, you know, the master sergeants and the senior chief, the chiefs through master chiefs, really start going, okay, this guy's a lifer. Yeah, yeah he yeah. probably knows what he's doing. Right. And it wasn't until I was an executive officer at a unit and I was at the, I think it was at the nine or 10 year mark where you realize, ah, I actually know what the hell I'm doing. That's I right. mean, I don't know at all, right. but I no longer am, you know, the stunned mullet going, God, I, I don't want to screw this up <laughs> <Stunned> today. <laughs> yeah. And, and people trust you.
0: Yeah. They trust you and you know, they extend trust. Um, and, cause you're, you know, you got to make sure that they come home.
1: Yeah. It's serious stuff. It's life and death. It is life and death. I remember speaking of that. I got two little short stories. Yeah, I, uh, we had a when I was a SEAL Team uh, One skipper, uh, we had an Easter egg, you know, family day Easter egg at uh, Spreckles Park in Coronado, and we had been working these guys every weekend getting ready to, for a deployment to Iraq. And a young man's in front of me. His wife's in front of me, and she, he turns around. Hey, sir, this is my wife. And I said, Hi, my name's Bill, and this is my my wife, Annika. And I said, I'm the reason that uh, your husband's been gone so much. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I'm working him so hard. We're getting him ready. She turns without Does even slap me. you. No, she goes. I don't care what you do. You just bring his ass home. Right on. Okay, Roger that. And that in a moment here, this you know, 25 year old woman totally got it. She goes, I don't care how much you work him here, bring him home to me in nine months. That's it. Yeah, that's so, serious stuff. Yeah, it was. Well, no, it's. I, I remember that story like it was yesterday because it was yes ma'am I will I'll do my very best to bring your husband home
0: yeah and and thank you to all the all the families for extending the trust that they have in our leaders in our services uh because letting your son your daughter serve now I shouldn't say let because it's their choice it's their choice but you 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 certainly want support and you support them right and you may think it's crazy I remember my mom thinking it was crazy but she supported me and then she realized after the the after the pageantry and the the you know the, just the the beauty involved with wow he's going to go to West Point and it's such yeah. a beautiful place and then she realized, like oh he's going to go in the army and crawl you know through mud pits and yeah. take fire potentially never had to actually take fire but it, then it doesn't get so exciting for for mothers and fathers
1: yeah be careful what you ask for you may right. get it
0: now you, you're, you're asking your children have some military service involved too.
1: Yeah. I've got a, a young 11 Bravo, my youngest son, uh, Phil, I just saw him. Uh, he's been in the army three years. Uh, he's, he's up in Alaska and hopefully he's going to come back and he's either, you know, I, I, he can do whatever he wants, but he is uh very, very proud of him. My oldest son is going uh, to community college and then hopefully transfer into UNR. But yeah, it's Great. Like, It's interesting seeing a child yep. wear the uniform.
0: Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Such pride. Uh, my daughter. I hope that uh, she has aspiration. We've talked a lot about her going to West Point and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. She's still young. Uh, my son, you know, he's he's made that decision already.
1: He's not Great education, but <laughs> you know, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, you know, right. That's painful. You will pay for that's it. That's a painful way to Whoa. get a, a sheepskin, isn't
0: it? One way or another. You know, so Prairie Fire, I think, helps make people more capable citizens. And that's a central theme of what we believe here, our, our philosophy as well at Nutrient Survival, that if you are... Prepared you're going to be more capable and more ready to take on Yo. eventualities and not just bad things but you know even every day tackling everyday stress everyday situations and I don't know what you what you think about how prairie fire uh, in, in a similar capacity is making more capable citizens
1: I'll just say it proficiency with weapons is something to be celebrated. It's not something to be ashamed of. I can pick up a weapon. You know, I, I mean the big I can pick up a weapon and either use it for sport competition or defending my family. That is something to be celebrated. I don't know why we should, it should be in the shadows. It's not. Whether you use, again, whether you just want to target shoot or whether you want to learn another level, it's like what, you know, why not learn self-defense? It's called agency. Yeah. I am responsible for myself and those people that I love. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be ashamed of it. Well, the government's
0: going to save you. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've seen We're that. not going there. We've seen that play out. But anyway,
1: the bot. Yeah. I've been in three societies now that have crumbled that you can watch them crumble. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, I was in, uh, in Bosnia, multiple, multiple deployments. On, I guess it's four Bosnia, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya. And when you see a society fraying, you know, it's really, you realize what a thin veneer it is. You know, food. Think about the drive for food. If you don't have food or water for two weeks, what, or power, what are you willing to do to, to take care of your family, right? I've seen it. And it's, I mean, it's pretty grim what people will do. Well, that is
0: exactly what I wanted to ask you. Because as an, an American society, we haven't necessarily experienced adversity, austerity. Right. right. There have been events that have impacted people. And a lot of those stories that we hear talking with our customers, they've been impacted by an emergency of some sort, be it a hurricane or wildfire right. or earthquake or whatever, and that never going to happen to me again, and they take action. And then there's, there's folks that, you know, again, are, are being smart about it and being ready and taking the, the necessary precautions, but there often is a, a, a catalyst for them becoming yeah. more serious. And I'm I'm wondering, you know, you've talked about seeing four different societies crumble. And I know I'm joking a little bit about you being my senior, but yeah. this is within a, a short span. This is happening every day in a lot of different places.
1: Yeah. It's happening outside the bubble that we live in. Outside the bubble. This is a beautiful, soft, comfy bubble that we live in. So comfortable. So soft. Yeah. And I think we just take it for granted, yeah. but this is not the reality. Uh, yeah, it's... This is a, it's, it's very interesting. You know, preparing for the future is like saving money in the bank. Mm-hmm. No one would question, why do I want to save 30 to 40% of my paycheck every time? Why do I want to do that? Well, because I don't know what the future holds. And again, agency, I'm responsible for myself and my family. Right. And for those I love, why wouldn't I do it? And, I, and again, I, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, what nutrient does, uh, and preparing people for it. But again, it's something to be celebrated. You know, it's the, uh, the old Aesop's fable of the whatever animal that saved away for the winter, you know, when the other ones were out uh, playing, it's the right. same sort of uh, universal theme of True. preparation and being responsible.
0: Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. How fragile do you think our bubble is these two days? Two weeks,
1: two weeks, really? really two weeks. Yeah. Look at COVID. Yeah. So let's replay that COVID happens and let's take away all of our power, all of our water, all law enforcement is overwhelmed. No fuel. What are you going to do in two weeks? This is going to sound grim, but you will be barbecuing your neighbor's pet if it, that's what it comes to. It's a. It's. A, I've seen it. It's horrible.
0: The problem is we lack the skill to yeah. sustain ourselves. I mean, there's. I was in the farming industry professionally and a, a pencil pusher. I never farmed. And
1: it's concentrated, isn't it? Very concentrated. Very, yeah,
0: and very few people uh know what the heck they're doing right planting a piece of seed or a seed in the in the soil and what's required right and i guess we'll figure it out if it comes to that some of us will yeah some of us will right yeah okay well yeah so you, you do talk a little bit about nutrition And I'll take that. What's your perspective on that? I mean, does that make a difference?
1: It does make a difference. And uh, again, when I was deployed overseas, I I really watched two things. I watched physical fitness and I watched my nutrition because they have really impactful. uh, They're very impactful on your stress level, stress level, mental acuity. And so, you know, I, I basically decreased my level of nutrition because I, you know, just want, I didn't want to overeat. Uh, and I made sure to get at least five hours of sleep a night. Sometimes, sometimes I'd go for two or three days without sleep, but it's something you learn to conserve. And I have a joke if, if uh, you know, and the guys that I work, guys and gals I work with, uh, if you have a chance to eat in the morning breakfast, you're going to eat. Cause you may not know when you're going to eat next. It's a, you know, it's kind of a joke. If you can eat something and get some nutrition in your body and you have a lot of uncertainty ahead of you, eat Make sure you're rested because you're going to need reserves of both.
0: That's right. No, I'm I'm with you. It it. Uh, I think during the the COVID situation when supply lines were completely broken, right. uh, and store shelves were empty, and people looked around and like, how is this happening? Well, nobody's. You know, you're running through a just-in-time inventory system, right? That's been built over fifty hundred years here in America to optimize. You know profit and efficiency. And so you've got, to your point, two weeks worth probably of stuff if the guy in front of you doesn't grab it first off of our uh, existing infrastructure. And I think it's causing a lot of companies to to think a little bit differently about it. But it's a short string. It's a very, very short
1: string. It's all about reserves. Everything in our life is about reserves. Having sufficient reserves to weather some problem.
0: Now, whatever it is, you're right. So... Let me, uh, let me let me ask you a couple little closers here for you. You have given me literally your hat and gloves. When I told you I was going off to Operation Valkyrie with tactical rifle, and I hadn't been in the field for twenty twenty five years, yeah. uh, other than a camping trip here and there, uh, with the comfort of my you know my bedroll and yeah. sleeping bag and cover and all that good stuff, but you literally gave me your your Marine hat and your wool gloves that had the fingertips cut off. uh, Why do you care so much about other people? It wasn't just because you were being a nice guy.
1: No, I didn't. I wanted you to be a happy camper, man. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I knew. I knew what you were going to face. I'm like, oh, I got all this extra stuff. I, I don't want him to suffer unnecessarily. He's got to have warm hands, okay, and he's got to have a warm noggin. All right, and he's halfway there.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. It, it did get me through. I love that hat. It's a beautiful. Good. I'm hat. so
1: glad. Yeah, it's the Marine Corps and the Army. The same place must make them, but they're these, not too tight, not too loose. Uh, probably made out of recycled. You know. Plastic uh, bottles or something—they're—they're <laughs> they're badass. They're—they're they're they about twelve bucks a piece, they and they work great. They
0: work great. great. Yeah, all the pictures that were taken of me at, at that exercise and wearing that—that that hat, of good, no, that, it's a good luck hat. Yeah, thank you. It, it is. It's become my favorite. All right, good. So, I like to ask this question, and you've got lots of military training, but just imagine for a second that you are stranded on a deserted island. Yeah, and you unexpectedly. Right? There's no preparation. You just you you are boom. You're there. You know what what is what is in your pockets? First off, right now, what is in your? If I said you're you know you're on a deserted island, what are you carrying with you? The
1: pen the pen to maybe like open coconuts uh, yeah, open coconuts with, with you and yeah, chewing a coconut. So I'm actually going to turn that around. I don't spend much time on deserted islands. I do spend a tremendous amount of time outdoors in very remote places. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in Nevada and the beauty of living in Nevada, anywhere in most places in the West is you have these vast open spaces. Yeah. I've been hunting in a Valley for 20 years. Uh, that's very remote that if I get injured, it's going to be a long time before someone gets, So I, I start off with a plan I brief that plan to a buddy of mine, and I'm going to show you what I have with me. Really, I'm going to just lay it out on the table. Oh my goodness! So I've got a, I've got a helmet, a I've got a helmet bag, and it'll start. It'll philosophically lay out really what I think about. It is wow. important to be prepared. So, well,
0: this is a bonus. This is so, way more than just a simple.
1: Anyway, and I'm not plugging any product. I'm just saying here's kind of what I have. So I, I have uh, two jeeps. I do a lot of time off road. I can repair them. I can yeah. get them home if I drop a drive shaft. Yeah. Uh, you know the radiator hose bursts. I dro- I throw a, uh, you know, throw a belt. I've got enough tools and enough spare parts because I'm careful and I like getting home and I don't flog my vehicles either. But as part of being prepared. So All let right. Me, well, yeah. Here we this, go. Uh, Not uh, a deserted is island, but it. I'm in a million acre valley somewhere east of here that i'm not going to tell the viewers because it's my special spot but there are there are 10 plus springs there it's absolutely desert and over the last two decades i've found and i know there are four or five more Mm -hmm. before my son went in the army i took him and and i taught him how to navigate uh by the stars how to navigate by the sun how to find water how to patrol and how to look for dangers it was so much fun so here we go all right awesome
0: Man, okay. Look, so a this tre- is an a tree. A, look this. this is an aviator's kit bag. is a, a little more than a, yeah. than a dump, you know, pocket okay. dump.
1: You need water. You absolutely need water. Uh, and you, this is a Life Straw. A buddy of mine uh, has a company that sells these things. You can put crappy water in there, and you can you can get home without getting cholera, giardia. Mm-hmm. They're they're mm-hmm. good enough. I've actually got a better uh, pump that I didn't bring in because it wasn't in the jeep. I just went through the jeep and said, okay. I'm going to bring everything that we have here today. So that's it. You got to have clean water. Got to have water or you're going to croak. Put these down here. Uh, This is a a small sack that, if I have to leave the vehicle, I usually have a tiny little backpack, but I gave it away to a buddy. And it is a small bag that I can throw all the stuff in, Mm -hmm. reasonably waterproof, so I can basically clip it on me and I can walk out of there. I can throw everything that I need. Uh, Satellite beacon. That is, uh, that I pay a subscription for. I've turned it wow, on. Okay. Uh, it's a good little beacon. There it's is. got an SOS, but it allows me to send very simple texts. And even more importantly, I can send breadcrumbs. So this is, mm-hmm. I tell my buddy where I'm going mm-hmm. when, you know, the Gatwa brief, where I'm going, others I'm taking with me actions. Yes. I'll take all that, what to do. Great. And we've got a drop dead time, but I can send him breadcrumbs and I can send a guy who lives down in Florida as well. So it's a two okay, party, perfect two party breadcrumbs. Wow, system. That's cool water something to put water in very lightweight little water bottle that'll get me uh, through a day one of the coolest pieces of gear and this i have it not completely compressed but this is a little uh, jungle bag Uh, i think the brits made these things and i've got one of these in every car Uh, it allows me to no matter what i'm not going to die and it's got a mosquito net on top of it. It's a very cool little bag. I also do it when I'm traveling. If I'm staying in the mot- a motel, I won't say Motel Six, but <laughs> if I'm staying someplace, uh, I will actually sleep on top of the uh, on top of the, the sheets provided. So, oh, but really? that's a great yeah. piece of kit right there. All right.
0: I was going to say, if you're in a Motel Six, I think the new mantra I try is to be, save money.
1: I try to save money. For Bill,
0: great- Bill needs a raise. So would be the new one.
1: I I have this fetish about fire, so I always have a fire one or two fire kits man i have that, a zippo it, this, lighter this has seen some wear yeah uh, i have a that's, tear. so that's got dry it's got dryer lint in it and it's got charcoal yep, charcoal uh, yep. cotton, uh, cotton yep. exactly i use both of so those so you can nest those yeah so you can nest those that is yeah, so you can nest that's those. the best
0: thing i you know
1: i dryer lint it's awesome dryer lint <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's amazing it's the best flammable. thing
0: now the one i use has a lot of of my wife's hair
1: well that's good and that's it
0: reminds me of home okay, so that's great there you go and this is what, what kind of a tin is that? Just, no, I
1: don't know. A guy made that for me many okay. years ago.
0: Jeez, things and beat so, up.
1: We'll get into knives here in a second. Yeah. Uh, so then a fire kit. Uh, okay. I'm starting, I'm, I'm going to try a Zippo lighter. I bought a Zippo lighter. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be windproof, and I, I didn't bring that today because it wasn't in the Jeep, and I didn't want to cheat. Okay. Another duplicate fire kit. And then... I like I like knives. So usually I have one of these in my pocket. Sure. Uh, they're get, with a whistle, a uh, little titanium whistle, nice. super loud. That's great. And a, a left-handed Chris Reeves. I'm left-handed. Oh, you are. Yeah. So okay. it's le- it's a complete left-handed yeah, I can't, knife. I can't flip that one off. Yeah. And then I have i uh, I've got a knife that my sons gave me. It says "Stolen from the world's best dad." That means a lot to me. That's so cool. basically, always I always have a pocket knife on me uh unless i travel and then you can always buy a cheap one and just kind okay. you know, of toss it there but right. anyway that's broadly uh i'm not, i don't know if i can bring all parachute into a desert island with that but sure this is a stuff that i would have with me no matter what if this building fell down it would be in the jeep out there right on. and uh and we could trudge home with the stuff and, and make it for a while good
0: i see a few blood spots on this no
1: no they're not that's jello <laughs> jello jello for No, I've,
0: I've lost total respect for yeah. you uh all right well that was awesome thank you for sharing that man yeah hopefully i'm not cheating i, I no are you kidding that's yeah. great it's great you
1: again agency so what do you need yeah. you need water fire and some way to stay warm. right
0: now is you do you have a sidearm on you
1: i do but i don't have it here today uh, people ask me what kind of gun and I, I, you know, a poor craftsman blames his tool. So mm-hmm. I'm really agnostic. I, I do like weapons. I have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one that I've carried the most, uh, well, I have two, it's whatever one you can fit in your pocket. And that's generally an air weight, little airweight hammerless 38 that fits in a little pouch that stays in your pocket. You, I, I carried those overseas when I had to, you know, I was training folks and they'll fit inside, you know, athletic shorts uh, and then recently, a friend gave me a uh, a Springfield uh, Hellfire or Hellcat. Sorry, uh, that is a fabulous little gun. So, but yeah, I don't carry something fancy, you know, with me. It's basically whatever I got. It's just what I needed.
0: Well, you know, if you can kill people with your bare hands, you don't need a whole lot of backup.
1: Yeah, I don't do that. All
0: right, so you got you got you got your bare hands. You got a couple knives. You got some.
1: You got a sleeping bag, so we can a stay warm. Bag, yeah. yeah, we'll flip for who gets to take it first. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not admit getting it. there with you. I'm not getting it unless I, it's really. I'm dour. telling
0: you, I was going to say I'm not going to admit it, but yeah, you know, I may have spooned with a, a another former Cold Ranger buddy, yeah. in the mountains of Georgia at one point in time that I've completely forgot about and deny.
1: No, I wouldn't deny. it. I did that. Yeah, Jeff Bukowski, wherever he is out there during <laughs> Hell Week. All right, we Jeff. were just we were oh. shaking like goats. Poor thing. Yeah. 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 Great guy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, Bill, this has been amazing. So I guess the last thing is, before we we go, how should people get engaged
1: with Prairie Fire if they're interested in what you have to offer? And, yep. and what's the first step? So the first step uh, is to go to our website, www.prairiefire.com. Uh, and and take a look at our ranked target. We're trying to really trying to revitalize and regenerate interest and in, in shooting in this country. Uh, we have two great competitions coming up. One this uh, October uh, in Texas, and then one next year. The the one in Texas, hundred thousand dollar prize, and then in uh, in November of two thousand and twenty three, several one million dollar separate prizes for law enforcement and for, uh, for civilian competition. Please come if you uh, please print one of these things out, take it down to your range, go out in a safe place and shoot it and submit yeah. it. And we really, you know, we're interested in seeing, uh, you know, getting your comments and feedback. Uh, we've got someone that'll score it, give you feedback. And uh, and then we're going to continue to add content to our website to help you, you know, improve shooting and just to generate uh, real interest. So anyway, all that's very coming. Cool. Very, very excited about yeah. it. Very cool. I, I forgot. I was going to ask you. So if I
0: print this out, can I set this up on a range in the backyard, yeah, or can yeah. I? Do I have to go to a, a range to do this? Anywhere or? there's
1: anywhere it's safe. Okay. Anywhere it's safe, you can even do it with a BB gun. So yeah. Really. Yeah. We're and we're coming up with a virtual, uh, yeah. you know, virtual systems for this to okay. let folks do it in their ho- homes, but absolutely.
0: Well, that's awesome. So it doesn't take any special caliber, special, you just make sure you're following firearm safety. Yeah.
1: 10 rounds. 10 rounds. 60 seconds for five, 10 seconds for for the remaining five. Yeah. That's very, very simple.
0: Awesome. Well, that's great. All right. Well, Bill Wilson, Navy SEAL, CEO, (laughs) Prairie Fire. Peer of yours,
1: buddy. A wonderful,
0: uh, capable Patriot citizen and mentor and a thanks. dear friend. Yeah. Yeah, thanks thanks so for much. joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for all right, me. All me right. Come here today. All right, God bless.
1: See you, folks.